and welcome to Southpod. The global total of COVID-19 cases now stands at over 33 million and rising. Here in Northern Ireland, we've had tighter restrictions reintroduced to combat increasing community transmission. We've also had outbreaks at both of our acute hospitals in the Southern Trust, despite all of our tight uh, IPC defence measures. So many people are really starting to feel quite demoralised, um, but we've all heard that slogan, we're, we're in this together, and with solidarity, we can fight back. To discuss this, I'm joined today by an infection prevention expert from the World Health Organization, Anna Paula Cochin Reza. Anna Paula, you're very welcome uh, to Southpod. You are uh, an IPC expert based uh, in the Regional Office for Europe with the World Health Organization. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role um, and what you do with the WHO? Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to be here with you today and also to have the opportunity to share my insights uh, with everyone. So, uh, my name is Ana Paula Coutinho-Reze. I work with infection prevention and control at the WHO Regional Office for Europe in the WHO Health Emergencies Program. What I do? I do infection prevention and control in the context of health emergencies. Let me ask you then, I know, Ana Paula, you uh, and your colleagues have been running a, a webinar briefing series uh, speaking to frontline staff right across Europe, and I believe over 10,000 uh, people have taken part. Can you give us a, a flavour of what the key challenges are that staff have been highlighting to you or if there's particular themes that they've talked about? Yeah, thank you Ruth for this question. I think one of the, the most overwhelming uh, uh, issue that we, it's addressed quite often by uh, health workers is the incredible amount of guidance, right? We never had that much. And also that guidance are changing quite often. So I think this is, this is quite new uh, for us in, um, uh, in the health sector, right? We, so it's like a, we have a different process when we have to issue a guidance. So you have a group of experts and then you have peer, uh, so you have a group that will review the quality of that guidance and then you will present and then you will implement. Now, because we have this, um, it's a public health emergency of international concern, right? It's a, the COVID pandemic. The pace of information, it's so fast. So every day there is a new scientific article. And then the question people have is how much of that new knowledge will impact on the guidance that was just published two days ago? And I, we perceive that our health workers, they feel very much overwhelmed because it's, it's very good to have information, right? It's, it's very important that we have access to so much information. However, not all information is to be readily used in practice, right? We need to have that moment that we, we stop, we read, we reflect, and then we will take the step whether to implement that new piece of information or not. The other aspect that the health workers also they, uh, they raise as, um, as an issue is uh, sometimes there is a lot of um, uh, practice. So what, how you do things in practice, it's sometimes quite far from how national guidance are created, right? And um, 
in WHO, uh, especially in the area of uh, infection prevention and control, we always we use very often this language that you to adopt, you have to adapt, right? So it's it's not that everything it's you know it's out there. It's readily you know for it's ready for use. So you really need to take the step to make the adaptations for proper adoption. And adoption also includes engaging with health workers to under, you know, to make them part of this process because then the implementation is much more difficult. So these are um, two um, big issues, like in this um, macro level. And of course, that there is a lot of um, um, concerns from uh, health workers about the different types of um, personal protective equipment. And um, so in WHO, we, we talk very much about the standard precautions that you need to do risk assessment. Then you identify which personal protective equipment you have to wear when providing care, but in the context of um, standard precautions. Health workers, they are uh, so overwhelmed right now that they want a, a very easy recipe. Just use this, then it's done. For them, it's the most practical. However, it's like, of course, for patients that are suspected or confirmed of COVID-19 infection, so we know what is needed. But when you don't know what the patient has, right? So still, it's, we, we, you know, this risk assessment, this reflection, it's very important for health workers that they, they take the time to, you know, before starting a procedure, really to think over those questions. So am I going to be exposed to blood or body fluids? What, where am I going to be exposed? So then you decide on your personal protectivity. Again, in the context of standard precautions. Because for transmission-based precautions, when you already know, so you already know what to wear and where the patient is and so on. But standard precaution is really the basic. Um, is that it's, it's the starting point, is the welcoming phase to, to patients, right? When we are going to interact with them for provision of care, is the good morning, how are you? It's for me, is the uh, based on the precautions. It's, it's interesting you say about, um, about PPE uh, and the, the very dynamic environment that we're working in. I mean, all of our staff, like everybody else uh, across the globe, have been wearing PEP for months now on, on all of our sites. And it's so difficult, it's so hot, it's so uncomfortable. And the, the sheer focus and diligence that this requires at, at all times, there really just is no, there's no room for lapse in it, um, any sort of momentary lapse of attention. And I'm wondering, in part of your discussions in these webinars, did that come up? How do our staff maintain that level of intensity as we continue to work through this pandemic? And you know, why is PPE so crucial in preventing transmission in this way? Yeah, so PPE, right, it's a part of, you know, the overall IPC response, right, to uh, how we fight back COVID-19, right? So you also have other things like uh, the cleaning of the environment, the ventilation of the environment, the training of health staff, and so on. So there are a number of other issues. But I think what we, um, 
one soft skill that we all have, right, when we work in hospitals, in chiefs, we are a team. We are a team of champions, right? And um, I wish that, uh, uh, if I can share one, uh, so one advice, don't lose this feeling of the team, right? That you are doing this together. And when you have to do, you know, like wear all these equipments and implement all these measures for so long time, of course that there is fatigue. The fatigue for each individual will come in a different moment. And we as a team, we have to, you know, to be supportive with the others. And uh, supportive means caring, right, for the others. So if I see my colleague that he, he or she is not wearing, you know, the PPE appropriately, I will, you know, remind and then uh, help and understand if there is an issue. Sometimes it's the size of the PPE, sometimes the person is not really in a good moment. We are all human beings, right? So it's really to maintain this uh, spirit, of the team spirit. I um, I'm Brazilian, and I, of course, I I enjoy football. I like to watch football. And when we see that you know a, a team to to see right to win, it has everyone has to keep the ball in the same direction, right? And then you know it's the you know the goal is on the other side, and we all go and strategically we move the ball around. So this is what the, you know, health workers as a team, you know, they have to remember that we really want to stop this outbreak. And um, impo it's important that we don't let further transmission happen within healthcare settings. And for that, the PPE is just one element. The most important element is the human being, is the health worker that feels supported, that has, you know, the infrastructure to enable this person to implement and to care with, um, ah, with uh, safety and also with, uh, uh, with comfort. It's hard to wear PPE when it's so hot. It is hard to wear PPE for so long. We don't know for how long this is going to last. It's happening now. Right? So today I feel extremely tired, extremely overwhelmed. So perhaps it's time for a short break. A short break could be reading, reading a book for five minutes, right? A short break from that moment. Because it's only by, you know, there is no way we will not be able to, you know, stop wearing PPE right now for patients that are suspected or confirmed of COVID infection. We'll still have to wear so it's like um, in another example, uh, if you, when you run a marathon, so you know it's 42 kilometers, right? And then you have to prepare, and then you know, and, and you know that you have to continue. And if along the way you feel like tired, stop. If you have cramps, stretch, right? So it's the mm -hmm. same thing. We are too tired. We are, we are too overwhelmed. It's a, it's a wake-up call for us. We also are human beings. We have to stop and then, you know, stop a little bit and um, continue to work. That's such good advice for our team of champions, Anna Paula. Um, in the Southern Trust at the moment, we are currently battling two COVID outbreaks um, in both of our 
acute hospital sites and tragically we have had a number of deaths associated with these and you know they of course will be subject to an investigation and the causes are likely to be multifactorial but it really does feel for our staff that we are fighting fires uh, on, on so many fronts and it's hard to know how do you come out of of this what they just seem to be coming one on the back of the other are, are there anything from the, the, the discussions that you have had that would suggest the key things that we need to prioritize to get this situation turned around or is it as you're describing that's it's focusing on the PPE and the things that we can't control yeah I think there are you know the things that we can control like it's also part of infection prevention control is uh, I think these are the you know that let's call these the hard box that is this is somehow easier to manage right because you know it's about the you know the PPE the cleanings infection then having someone to monitor provide feedback try to find ways on how we can improve practice and so on so I think this this part it's that's hard boxes, okay. I think what is more, um, I think it's more difficult, it's really the, the soft part, is this our mental health, right? Because at certain, certain stages you think, oh my God, this will never end. It will end. We don't know now if we're, you know, we already passed you know, the peak, if it's going to be, you know, we don't know now, it's only history will tell us. But history will also tell us that we fight with our best skills. And this is what I, you know, every day I know that there is, you know, someone out there that, you know, woke up, went to work, put on all the PP, has all the concerns as, as any human being, family reasons or profession in and out, and still is provide the best quality uh, care to that patient, right? That is the one-to-one. -one. And so we um, we need to be hopeful that, you know, that things, every day, things are better than yesterday. Even if, uh, you know, during an outbreak, it's quite common that you, um, perhaps tomorrow you have more cases than today, and you have a death, right? And these are news that nobody likes to hear. But we have to keep fighting, we have to keep providing care, we have to keep using this hard box of infection prevention and control measures for everyone, because this is the only way to do it right. In the day I feel a little bit weak, I can count, I can rely on, you know, rely on my, my colleagues, my team members, right, that, that day I'm not, uh, you know, super energetic, and someone will take care of me so then I can take care of someone. I think that um, what you're saying around the whole mental health and staff supporting each other is is really important because also where you're saying um, tomorrow we may have more cases than today and perhaps that is what we're grappling with at the moment uh, in the Southern Trust area. We are seeing a significant rise. We've, we've been amongst the highest in the UK now in the last number of weeks and so the cases are continuing to rise, social restrictions are being tightened again. But as a consequence of that, we're starting to see more and more of our own staff going off sick 
and then more and more of her own staff having to isolate as they may be deemed one of the contacts either of other staff members or it's acquired in the community where the rates are growing. So the, the other thing that we're struggling with then is social distancing is a real challenge for our staff when we work out of some incredibly old facilities. What advice would you be able to give our staff on this particular issue? Yeah, so one of the things I learned, and I was, uh, I, I thought it was a, a great uh, colleague of mine that taught me that. Is, um, so we talk about physical distancing, right? We don't need people to be socially isolated, right? Mm -hmm. and the beginning there was a lot of uh, you know um, um, uh, you know questions about how we do socially so nowadays with uh, um, you know everything that we have in terms of platform so we still can be socially connected with a number of family members right that don't live with us and our friends that don't need so so this is outside the work environment. Inside the work environment, I think we, human beings, they're great at adapting, right? We, I, I imagine that how, how is the, uh, you know, let's imagine 200 years ago, how people would greet each other with a handshake, with a, you know, hug, hug. So we always evolve, right? As human beings, this, you know, the way that we socialize um, it changes over time. And sometimes these are changes just because of, uh, you know, something that becomes passion, right? Or, it, or you know, sometimes it's just because it's a health need. So now that we are having, you know, like for the, in the COVID pandemic, we say that people cannot, they should not shake hands, right? Mm -hmm. But they can shake hands as long as they, you know, Hand hygiene, hand hygiene before and after. And if you, you know, you're not ready to do that handshake, you know, the safe handshake, okay, so use your elbow, so, or, you know, just wave. So th there are ways. Um, I think when you are, you know, in the hospital and you want just to have that, you know, that five minutes chat with your colleague, and it could be about a patient, or it could be about something you saw on TV. It could be about anything else. It's just this interaction. So um, it is, you know, it's recommended that in places with community transmission, is that health workers they should wear um, in clinical areas. Um, um, health workers they should wear a medical mask at all times, right? Um, and I know this is hard, right? We are not used to that, especially because we like, we appreciate seeing each other's face, right? But let's imagine that this is something momentary, that is, it's only for now, right? And uh, it will be different sometime soon, right? So for now, I can cope, let's say, for that I can, you know, you know appreciate that also my colleague also wear a mask when talking to me. And if not, if we have this distance, right, the physical distance, then, then we maybe we don't need to wear uh, this mask. Um, another aspect is about um, uh, people, they know, so, uh, health workers, they know each other, not only uh, in the working environment, they also know each other, you know, because perhaps they live in the, on the same street or they live, you know, close to each other. So 
is this prevents you to uh, to take a lift or go together, you know, back home with the police? No, it doesn't. As long as you, you know, you are, you know, applying the measures, right, that you understand that you you protect yourself, your family members, your colleagues protect him or herself and the family and the community, right? So I think today it's uh, so WHO insisted a lot in this the word the solidarity, right? And this solidarity is really that we uh, see that the greater for everyone. So sometimes we have to sacrifice things that we appreciate. Perhaps in one year from now, we will, you know, be again hugging and, you know, shaking hands like we used to be, we used to do in the past. Maybe it will be different. Maybe we'll have a, a different way because, as I said, human beings, they adapt. So what is seems to be very hard to do right now, in the future will be part of our story and how we reach that level, right? So I think we, we all want to be, you know, um, holding this pen, right, to write the story and to write the story right, the way that we, we know that is safe for everyone. That is a lovely, hopeful message, Anna Paula, especially about each of us needs to take responsibility not only for ourselves but by being responsible solidarity is as you say um finally um Anna Paula I, I, you've given us actually a real message of hope in all of this that it's almost that this too shall pass you know everything has its season and that whilst it feels never ending at the moment we will get there um are there any other basics I suppose as well as the flu jab and all of the the PPE and the hand high, all of the measures that we know to take, is there anything else that each one of us individually can do that help the solidarity piece, that help us all fight this? I think uh, I, uh, what I would say is um, we all play a role to help the global education. We all. So um, even I, if I'm not, uh, you know, an expert on uh, hand hygiene, I still can remind someone on the street or a friend, hand hygiene is helping, you know, to stop transmission, the use of masks. Right? So we, we all have this role as an educator. And this doesn't stop, right, when we the hostel or it doesn't stop in the weekend we know because this is you know people are talking so um we have to be part of this a global education program right that never stops that we all maintain you know a message and this conversation about these measures that are important to stop spread of any communicable disease this is not only for covid right it's um so important that you know, we also have this because everyone will benefit from it. And then also, I think with uh, the solidarity of trying to understand and showing the empathy that trying to understand how it's to be on the other side. Right? Uh, I, I can't imagine how it's to be a COVID patient, you know, and then you don't, you don't, to, don't get to see anyone, right? You just see masked people, right? So, you know, show empathy is not easy, right? And um, um, that for, you know, that show the patient that, you know, you are there, you understand, right, what the patient is going to 
and among ourselves to understand our, you know, sometimes we don't have good days. And it's okay. Because the day after is going to be better, right? We, you know, keep this, you know, feeling that, you know, this, you know, I, today is not good. I have people supporting me and tomorrow will be better. Because this is life. Every day is better than the day before. So this is, it's a given. And if we don't, um, we don't, if we stop believing on that, we can't, um, to, then the future becomes too dark, too negative. And not, not a single future is like that. We know that. So it's really about these three things I said that I think is, um, you know, being part of the education, being part of these, um, and to be empathetic with others. Right? It's not only patient, but everyone is suffering somehow, you know, during the pandemic. Uh, trying to understand how, how would you be, like, would be with you. I think a lot about you right now, right? I think a lot. If I would be 21 years old, how, you know, how I would understand, how I would cope with all these um, things that you can do. It's like, it's the time of your life that you are, you know, getting to know and trying everything. But when I was 20 years old, there were the technology available. It was nothing. So today, the other thing, so that's why we know, and then connects to this, uh, you know, getting to this uh, positivity that things will be better tomorrow. Because they are, right? When I look at my, my past, when I, if I, I would be, you know, you, you know, you know the, with the pandemic, the tools we had, you know, 20 years ago, I would not be uh, able to do, you know, uh, to connect with my friends. And now you can, right? So things they initially they look, um, they don't look good and they look unfriendly. But the more you, you know, you try to, you know, to cope with this, you know, like things are will change, right? And I think that then things will actually change, but because you're also changing. Yeah. And Paula, that's some really powerful messages of hope for all of us thank yeah. you so much for joining us today you're very welcome and i hope to be again with you thank you